welcome back to Reasons to Be Happy. I'm your host, Paula, and I'm so glad you're here today. If you're a recent listener, welcome. I'm excited you found me, and I'm thrilled for you to join this community. If you've listened before, thanks so much for returning and supporting the podcast. The mission of this podcast is to inspire joy, focus on the light, and get good at feeling good. Today, I want to talk about how to handle friends or colleagues that lean negative. So we've all had some experiences with the person who is the constant complainer, the wet blanket, the killjoy, the buzzkill in the group. And if you're really set on becoming a more positive person, it can be even more apparent to you when that negativity comes to the surface. And I don't know about you, but when I engage with negative people for sustained periods of time, I end up leaving that interaction feeling really drained and it definitely rubs off on me and that's not good for my mental health. So what are you to do when that happens? It can be a little tricky, sometimes a little awkward, but I do have a few strategies that I'd like to share that have helped me during the moments of dealing with more negative people, toxic people, the constant complainer, whatever the case might be. And whether it's in your personal or professional life, I have some tips and tricks up my sleeve. So the first thing I think that's really important is setting really clear boundaries on your time and your emotional bandwidth. So boundary setting has been a very hot topic in the mental health arena, and I'm really only going to just skim the surface here. If you're interested in learning more about boundaries, I'd encourage you to follow Nedra Glover-Tawab. She's a therapist and relationship expert She has an Instagram account where she posts so many valuable little nuggets. They're called Nedra Nuggets. And she has so much great information about boundary setting. So boundaries can look differently for everyone because we all have unique needs and limitations on what we want and what we're willing to tolerate in our personal interactions. So boundaries can vary from person to person. So it's not really a one size fits all type of conversation, but there are some steps to really being able to establish your boundaries. So step number one, it's first about knowing who you are and what you want in your relationships and what you're willing to essentially deal with or maybe not deal with. What types of interactions you want, how you want to feel with certain people, what type of behavior you want to engage with. So all of those types of things are really personal to you. Number two with boundary setting, the next step is communicating that boundary and being very clear about it. And that can be really hard, especially for people like me who tend to avoid confrontation. But over the years, and as I've just been getting older, I'm getting better at boundary setting It certainly requires practice, but it can be done. And I think starting small has been the best way for me to get more comfortable with setting boundaries. And then step number three, the final piece of boundary setting is really being able to see how others react and respond to that boundary. If they're receptive, they might adapt their behavior and it can be a really constructive change and a step towards growth in that interaction or relationship. Sometimes, though, people are not really willing to accept that boundary and respect it, and that gives you some really important intel into how you want to move forward with that person. So let's just paint a little picture here. So let's say you're about to interact with a 
really just mean-spirited, gossipy coworker. So the first thing is you might have already agreed to yourself that you don't really want to jump into those gossip conversations and stoop to that level. So that's the first step of setting that boundary within yourself and how you want to show up with others. Okay, then step number two, communicating that. And one way that I think has been helpful for me in those moments is saying something kind of neutral and then pivoting to a new topic. So you're not necessarily directly stating, my boundary is I will not gossip with you or I don't feel comfortable gossiping with you. I mean, you could definitely do that. That for me isn't really my vibe and that can feel kind of awkward to say that. And don't get me wrong, there is a time and a place for being much more upfront in your boundary conversations, but something like that wouldn't necessarily be the approach that I would take. So I would say something like, yeah, that's interesting, and then change the topic. And then after you communicate that, maybe she realizes that you won't really participate in the bad mouthing. So she'll start looking for a new audience, a more receptive audience. And who knows, it might also signal to her that gossiping in a really malicious type of way, it's not a kind thing to do. And then that might end up being more impactful in the long run. Maybe she'll start to develop some awareness around that and limit her gossiping. So that's boundary setting in a very brief nutshell. That's really just the tip of the iceberg. Actually, speaking of this, it's really inspiring me now to perhaps do an entire episode devoted to boundary setting, specifically from the lens of preserving your positivity. So maybe down the line, I will record an episode about that. And adjacent to boundary setting, I think another piece of handling negative people is really limiting your interactions with them. So I think that it's entirely possible to politely and graciously excuse yourself from a conversation and create some distance between yourself and those types of interactions. Simply saying, oh, you know what? I actually realize I have to attend this meeting or I actually have to run, but let's continue this later or whatever you need to do to get out of that conversation, I think is another strategy that you can take. Another tip that I have when dealing with negative people is identifying some of the positives in their negative comments or finding a silver lining or some sort of more cheerful way to spin the conversation. So like, for example, let's say you have a colleague and she's complaining about a new program or initiative at work. Maybe you could point out that this could be a really cool opportunity towards growth or everyone's professional development and being able to learn a new skill or trade. Sometimes that type of like silver lining approach can redirect the conversation and diffuse the doom and gloom and just end that cycle. Another strategy, which might be more helpful in a friendship type dynamic, but maybe it's about accepting that the friendship is starting to change. So let's say you have a friend who leans negative, and she's been really whining excessively about her dating situation. Like every guy she meets is awful. Nothing is going her way. And that's really what the conversations revolve around. So one thing that might help is finding something else to talk about, finding some other common interests other than dating and love life stuff, even if that's what you two had primarily been talking about. And it can be something new that you can relate over and bond over. 
So maybe you have some shared hobbies or mutual friends that you can chit chat about and that can then take the focus off of what is weighing her down and it can also take off what she's unloading onto you. Sometimes in order to save a friendship, you have to accept that it might need to evolve into a different type of friendship as a way to preserve it and allow it to grow. If it can't evolve, then maybe it's a time to evaluate whether you and this person are just moving down two different roads. And in that case, maybe the friendship needs to dissolve rather than evolve. Another tip I have when dealing with negativity is sometimes I will defer them to others. So like, let's say it's a professional setting, maybe suggesting that the person reach out to their manager or HR, and it can be a really casual way. Something like, oh, that sounds really tough. I'm so sorry you're dealing with that. Have you mentioned it to your boss? Or let's say it's a friend that is sharing a lot about some of her you know, challenges or family problems, and it's leaning more negative, maybe suggesting that that person find a therapist or a coach who is really trained to support them in that way. Essentially recommending an outlet where they can be heard and their negativity can actually result in something good and some positive change. Because here's the thing, as much as we can be good friends, and I fully support that, I think friendships, good friendships and genuine friendships are essential to living a really fulfilled and joyful life. Obviously, I think that goes without saying, but friends cannot be therapists to one another. We can certainly lean on each other during our time of need, but sometimes it really can just be too much to take on. We all have our own individual struggles and it can be a lot to support someone else going through it too. And we really need qualified professionals who are equipped to handle those types of difficult situations. So I think encouraging a friend or colleague to pursue that can be a sign of being a good friend as well. Okay, the last tip, simply focus on yourself and your own mindset. Do the things that cultivate your own inner peace and mental wellness. Focus your time on yourself. Do the things that bring you joy while also remaining gracious, kind, and professional. I think you can really only control yourself and your own well-being, and it starts with you. So redirecting your energy on what's going to make you happy, whether that's exercising, journaling, doing yoga, being around people who lift you up, I think you can really fill your own cup. And in the same vein, I think it's also important to look around you and assess your social circle. Are the people in your life enhancing your well-being or depleting it? Are they taking away your energy and your light? And people who are down or going through a rough patch or in a season of sadness or staying in that world of negativity, while I, of course, empathize with that, I've been there, I know how it feels, it can be awful. However, it can be also really challenging and tiring and emotionally exhausting to be around that for extended periods of time. I also want to add a little disclaimer here that we all have our down days, our days that we just feel off where we're grumpy, we woke up on the wrong side of the bed, and we're venting and complaining, and that's normal, and that's natural. I think here I'm mostly speaking of the people that are in a perpetual state of negativity, because that's not a condition that we want for ourselves or for others that we care about. 
Okay, so that's all I have for today, a short and sweet episode. I hope you found value in the content of the episode. I'll end here with my two reasons to be happy. My first reason is the opportunity to have my first collab podcast recording with another fellow podcaster. Her name is Erin. She hosts the podcast Leading With Her. She has an awesome podcast, so definitely check it out. It's all about women in leadership positions, specifically introverted women. We had an awesome conversation about gut feelings, intuition, in regards to decision-making and following your dreams, positivity in the workplace, and also just being introverted because we both have that in common. So that episode will air sometime next week, so definitely check it out when it does. I'll make a post on Instagram when it does. And my second reason to be happy is my health. So earlier in the week, I had a bit of a stomach issue and luckily it was short-lived, thank God, but it really wasn't pleasant. I don't know if it was like a virus or food poisoning, but it reminded me to be so grateful for my good health. My heart really does go out to anyone who's suffering from chronic pain or illness. I am so thankful to God that I have my health and can focus my energy and my attention on things like my family and friends, my job, my hobbies, because without our health, nothing else matters. And my 24-hour stomach bug really made that so apparent. Okay, so that's all for today. If you enjoyed the episode, I would really appreciate a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify if you listen there. Also, if you haven't subscribed to reasons to be happy on Apple, please do so. That way you can get reminders of when a new episode goes live. And also, if you're interested in having a more visual component to this podcast, feel free to check me out on Instagram at reasons to be happy the podcast. I've been really into creating reels. My goal is when you visit my account on Instagram that you leave feeling more calm, at ease, at peace, and you just have good vibes. (laughs) So feel free to follow me there. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening. Talk again soon. Bye.